Man, college football is freaking back, huh? Huh? It's a Thursday night. We're recording the show. Chris, man, I'm sitting here. I just watched Utah drop a 70-yard dime on Florida on like their first offensive play, and like two DBs for Florida just ran into each other. Yeah, I'm I'm grinding NC State UConn. I, I got to watch the Brennan Armstrong Express. I mean, I just what a great what a great Thursday night to sit here and do this. I've got a quad box up, and I just watched two Florida defenders run into each other. I don't know how much better it gets than that. I really don't. Just got to wait and see Graham Mertz revert to Graham Mertz here in a minute, and he's going to throw the ball to the Utah defense. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I'm excited to spend the rest of the night watching Florida lose. But in the meantime. Welcome in. It's Sharpen the Point. It's episode two of this new podcast, in case you missed last week. I mean, the slate was terrible, so I don't blame you if you decided to skip it. Uh, I'll just take this window, quick rundown on what to expect from us. If you heard it already, sorry, you can fast forward, hit that plus 15. I promise you just missed me fumbling over my words during this spiel. It's all good. Uh, so yeah, new podcast. We're kind of looking bigger picture college football, kind of putting that lens on it, but still kind of looking through FSU ways, since we know that's that what largely our audience is. Uh, your host, myself, Brian Pellern, and my first boss at my job in college, Chris Tindall. You'll hear from him in a little more. You already heard from him some. We'll release an episode every Friday. You'll record on Thursday night so that we kind of have the most up-to-date stuff. And we're going to talk spreads, picks, um, daily fantasy sports, and just kind of other college football stuff. Good for gamblers to get an idea where our head is at. And then college football folks in general, if you're just kind of curious what the weekend looks like. And it goes along with that picks article I do every week on Tomahawk Nation dot com as always my disclaimer we're not gambling experts we're two guys who like to play i'm here in florida so i can't even legally bet against the spread but um dfs is cool so there's a little of that you're good on your side right louisiana let's yeah i'm i'm all around i've lost a little bit betting last week but made it up on the the uh dfs streets that's how it works right so if you are betting just do so responsibly don't take our word as bible you know we're we're, we're doing our best here just like anyone else uh podcast again it accompanies with an article on tomahawk nation check it out get in the comments if you want to play along a little fun there so chris without further delay how did last week on the dfs go with you man pretty good uh we we did all right we had we hit real well on will shepherd uh, he had two touchdowns uh smoke harris looked really good had had a nice game out of him with 10 for 160 and a touchdown he looked a little heavier than last year but it didn't slow him down uh we had a little miss with the Vandy running back, but overall, pretty good. I uh, I will quick aside say it wasn't my best week zero. I went two and five against the spread. I, I I mean, to be fair, no power five teams playing against another power five team. So I'll just chalk it up to that and say it's all good. We'll move on. Uh, I do want to make a quick apology. I haven't had a chance yet to look up who won our usual Tomahawk Nation Pick'em uh, contest last week. I've been uh, working overnights over this Hurricane Idalia situation. Um, and so a quick aside there, if, if you're affected, our, our thoughts with you, um, you know, check out on your neighbors, check in on our, on our Florida community here. And uh, especially the folks in Big Bend, look to ways to see if you can help, um, you know, a lot of people impacted. And I know there's a lot of great resources out there. So if you have it, if you've, if you've got it in your heart, look for ways to help our fellow Floridians through this one and, and South Georgia and other communities like that. Um, hopefully the football this weekend is, is a nice distraction and the Knowles can uh, make it a fun one for everybody involved. Um, talk about it. I mean, Florida State is that main highlight of the weekend, so we will definitely get them. I see four games that I kind of want to talk about first leading into that, and then we'll talk um, what you see on Saturday on the DFS slate. 
Then we'll talk specific LSU, Florida State on the spread. Then we'll go and kind of build a lineup ourselves. And we've kind of both got one already going, I think. I've got two already in. And then we'll build one together kind of live on the show to kind of talk through our thought processes. Uh, The first one I want to talk about here this weekend, since this was dropped on Friday, I'm not going to do Thursday or Friday games because that's pointless. Uh, So Saturday, Colorado, 20 and a half point underdogs at TCU. Um, He's he's known as I'm not a Noel. Is that what we're going to go with for now? I think. Coach Prime, he's he's always he's always a Noel. Uh, He made it pretty clear he's not. He looks like he just I, every time I think of him, I think of him running back a pick and then in that beautiful uniform. That's I mean, that's like it, right? That and the Cowboys, I guess the Falcons or the Braves or the Yankees uh, or you know. I'd say, well, for me, Braves, but yeah, Falcons is with the do-rag, uh probably or the bandana. Um you got Niners, Cowboys. Well, it just, it, regardless, he's not a Seminole, and if you say it, he might maybe he'll come on the pod next week and yell at us. Who knows? But um, what are your what are your thoughts here? Because my my take is Colorado's getting a ton of hype. He he brought Jackson State to a, a hell of a team, a, a really strong program, and and um, the Travis Hunter thing. Um, sorry, I had you know it's the same way we brought up Jacksonville State last week. We're, I'm sorry, we're just doing a bad thing for Florida State fans if you're listening, but. Um, I just don't see a way that Dion can build this plane in the sky in a transfer portal window in one offseason to be ready to go on the road and compete against a team that was just in the title game. That's exactly what he's doing, but he needed to. So I know everybody got up in arms about, oh, well, he's telling he's running off the kids. Well, they stunk like point blank. Yeah. They were a terrible team. There's <laughs> there was nobody on that team worth keeping. So he needed to kind of move it out and get rid of some guys and. There was a reason that he's the coach of that team now and props to him for taking a more low end power five job. I mean, he took a risk. This is a big risk for him coming there and they have a great facilities. I've seen a lot of the videos uh, going on there, but they can play and they're going to be interesting. They brought in some real talent. I could see them being decent on offense. The trenches is really their biggest weakness and it's going to be their biggest weakness. And that's kind of where I see them separating. That's where you see TCU. So are you with me on a TCU maybe minus 20 and a half here? I think that you're going to feel really good about that. And then there could be a backdoor cover. I I think you're going to see Shadur really go full Blake Bortles Jaguars. Uh, He's going (laughs) to score a lot of points late. And that's where he's going to boost his numbers because he's not coming out of these games. Uh, They're going to want to boost his numbers because the kid's gotten a ton of, you know, some of it is he got pub because his dad, but the kid also can play and he's gotten really good. He's gotten really good advice from a lot of really good players. I thought the word you were searching for was nepotism, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, um, I just don't, I, I mean, I see it. I see the path to Colorado being fun, the offense being explosive and being able to put up points. TCU is replacing um, Duggan. I just, I can't expect Colorado to show up week one with a bunch of random guys and throw it out on the field and expect to compete at that kind of level. But to don't your for, point, a back, back door is pretty dangerous. Don't forget that this game last year with Colorado, Chandler Morris was the starter and he's starting this game and Duggan came in in relief in this game last year. Did you so and I play this one sparked, in DFS last year? I think we, we did, did yeah. because I was very upset when Chandler Morris came out and I'm going to preview. I'm pumping him again. <laughs> We're coming right back around. 
Uh, the following game that's got me interested, and I talked about this one on the podcast with Michael Jr. this week. Um, it it kind of came up because we were talking Drake May. If you haven't heard it, it came out on Wednesday. It's a bonus seminal rap episode. Definitely worth your time. I did also plug this podcast, so if you came here from there, thanks. Welcome. Thanks for coming along. Um, number 21, North Carolina in Charlotte against South Carolina. North Carolina, two and a half point favorites. I won't uh, start with the ball. I'll let you have the ball first here. What what do you what do you like here in terms of the game uh, against the spread before I force you into DFS talk later? So I'm going to start out with a little NCAA message. Free Tez Walker, uh, the <laughs> wide receiver. I really want to see him play with Drake May. It would be fun. He would replace Josh Downs. He's a bigger presence than Downs, but he's going to play down the field. I want to see who the running back's going to be. British Brooks versus Amarion Hampton, both very physical backs. I, I love Mac Brown. He's he's been very kind to me in my past, and and just like personal experience with him. Rattler, I never trust. I never trusted him in Oklahoma. The carry on Joiner, I like as a running back. He's a big kid. Antoine Wells pulls at my heartstrings with, with my James Madison Dukes. So I, it's a close game, but it's a very good game. Very <laughs> fun game to watch. It's it's one of the few I'm really interested in this weekend. Um, there wasn't a ton that really jumped out at me. And, and I'm curious your thoughts on, on my my little line I got written here. I think Spencer Rattler is like Drake May's ghost of Christmas future. He could be. I, he could be a, a preview, but Rattler was hot at the end of last year. And if he carries that into this year, they lost Jaheim Bell, as everybody listening will know, to Florida <laughs> State. Uh, so what, what does South Carolina do? I think Wells is banged up. So that's my biggest concern. Now, I think South Carolina has a better defense than North Carolina, but I think North Carolina might have a better offense than South Carolina. So it's just how leaky is that North Carolina defense? Yeah, I think that's the big talk. And then you mentioned Josh Downs. I mean, he was the only real consistent guy last year, obviously in in DFS play. But um, I think in general – Losing that is important. I know they 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 have other guys. I saw your eyes jump up, but uh, I I think we can't understate how important Josh Down has been for two years there. Oh yes, yeah. so he's been a star, number one, full blown wide receiver. Yeah, and, and I mean, you mentioned South Carolina closing last or Spencer Rattler closing last year. Well, uh, South Carolina did. They beat Tennessee, Clemson, and lost a shootout in the bowl game against Notre Dame. I. I just I'm going South Carolina on this one. I'm just curious. I think it's going to be North Carolina's defense looking bad, and and I, I'm curious if Drake May lives up to this hype he's coming in with. Because I mean, he was every bit of great last year. Um, what was the name you you brought up last year? Your other UNC? Maybe it's the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, Kobe Pesor. I no, like no, your quarterback from before. Oh, no, no, Sam yes. Howell. Yeah. yeah. The ghost of Christmas past, maybe for Drake May, a former, he's going to be it, and then dwindled. And as you mentioned last week, um, he's back. He you looks know, good he for you NFL fantasy good. folks. Yeah, um, NFL so, fantasy. You want to play him next week against <laughs> against Arizona? Arizona trying to lose. I might, I might take FSU against Arizona the way that thing's going. But regardless, 
Um, so I'm going South Carolina plus two and a half. That's where I'm at on that one. I, I just, I'm not buying North Carolina's defense. If they had you guy, was it Tez? Tez Walker. Yeah, I was I was gonna pick the wrong name there, so I decided to just go first name and hope I had it right. Um, I think I'm maybe more inclined to go North Carolina there. I, I'm without it, I'm just not gonna go there. Uh, the other game I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip over Sunday, LSU Florida State. The other game that interests me this weekend is Clemson at Duke. Clemson's a 13 and a half point favorite there. Um, I brought this up again, not to go back with it, but to, to Mike Golick Jr. when we talked about, we've talked over and over again the last few years that Clemson's demise is around the corner. This is the season, this is the year, and it just, it, it hasn't happened. And I feel like uh, I keep chasing it, and I'm not about to be the person who says, well, Duke will be the one to do it, to really start it all off. Um, I I know we said last week, we don't know what to expect from Cade Klubnik. Gotta feel like Garrett Riley probably does something well here. I, I feel like two drives into this game, you're kind of going to know how it's going to play out. Yeah. If Duke comes out, and I think Duke has maybe a better offense, definitely a better wide receiver core. They're underrated, but they're better, in my opinion. And they're not highly rated. Riley Leonard is pretty good. He's underrated. He's a Daniel Jonesian-like quarterback. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. He'll probably get more NFL credit than he does college credit. And that's but, just because he's got Duke in front of his name. Uh, Duke, that, that QB, has a lot to do with it. And everyone just goes, hmm, gotta suck. Underrated athlete, too, runs the ball well. Really well. Their running backs are pretty deep, nowhere near as talented as Clemson's running backs. The trenches are probably a big win for Clemson. But if, if Duke can come out, move the football, and score – on the first one of two first possessions, this could be a pretty close game. It could be a one, two, two, two score game. I think 10 points is roughly where it could land. Uh, if they come out and can't move the football, Clemson might win by three touchdowns, but it's still going to be within range, like touching distance. Where I landed on this one was I'm going with the Clemson winning by three touchdowns. One, uh, I have waffled back and forth with you where it's like, yeah, I think two drives into the game, we're going to know what's going to happen. Um, it will either be a good game or Clemson will look like they found whatever offense they've been missing and Cade really is the truth, and here we go. Uh, I remember a few years ago, and this is a fun tale to go off on a little tangent, but it's betting-related and people will enjoy it, especially if you like college football. Um, I flew to Vegas. My my wife was out there on a on an externship, and... Um, I, I placed a bet before I left, hoping to cash out big, a large wager on a, a Clemson quarterback to win the Heisman. And I sent it to my friends and was like, this guy, I'm telling you, they've got the ACC right in front of them. I believe they can do it this year. And they all responded, dude, that kid Trevor Lawrence has taken his job. He's the truth, man. Didn't take very long, and I lost that money quick. Yeah, I just... Trevor Lawrence turned out to be the truth. I'm just curious, does Klubnik become that guy, and is Garrett Riley just able to just make it happen? Um, I don't see the path guy. for Duke to run away. Yeah, Klubnik's that guy, uh, for sure. He's he's up there. He's very consistent. We I was praying for him to come in last year multiple times over DJU, and I don't know what happened and why. It was kind of a Jarrett Lee, J- Jordan Jefferson uh, situation. <laughs> Yeah, but. that's a 2011 LSU quarterback if you were interested there. You want to see why LSU didn't win a national championship 12 years ago? That's it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Pain. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to go with, to me, the only path is Clemson either blows them out or it's with in, in this ballpark of like maybe a seven-point game. I would just take my chances on Clemson maybe getting a touchdown to clear it or dominating. I don't see the path to Duke dominating this football game. I agree with that. I don't, I don't think you're going to see Clemson hemorrhage points to Duke. Kelly Bryant was the name I was fishing for, by the way. I had to Google it. Ooh. Kelly Bryant. Yeah, that was a ticket that I think I have somewhere in a drawer just to look at and remember. Remind myself, I'm not great at this. And again, I'm just a guy with a keyboard. If you need any more evidence of that, the Kelly Bryant Heisman pick after he was benched in September. Um, so before we go to Sunday, the LSU-FSU game and, and our Sunday showcase there, I know you've got your Saturday kind of DFS slate. You gave us a little teaser. What do you like at the quarterback position on Saturday? This is the main slate on, is this DraftKings? Yeah, main slate, DraftKings. Gotta gotta go there, play the big boys. That's right. So thank you, Dad, like DraftKings. Yeah, like we mentioned, <laughs> we're going back to the well, Chandler Morris. I don't think I think the offense can turn around in Colorado, but I don't think the defense can this quick. It typically defense requires size. If you don't have it, it's gonna be tough. Well, and players on defense need to mesh more. They, they yep. need to be on the same page a lot more because they're going to be passing guys off. And we know that that TCU offense can just spread you out. And it doesn't matter who's getting the ball because anybody could get it. Uh, last year, Quentin Johnson went in the first round. He barely caught four passes a game. And they were just spreading it around and chucking it. So that that's an interesting one. Uh, Michael Penix, the, the man threw for 370 a game last year. I'm going to go back to the well. He's probably got the second best wide receiver core in the nation, one-two punch at least, outside of Egbuka and Marvin Harrison because they're nutty. And <laughs> they then, just keep uh, doing that. It's it's absurd. And then Taylor Green for Boise, same game. The theme here is going to be we need competitive games. The hard part's going to be they included so many FCS teams, especially tonight, that it made it difficult, although Rhode Island was putting up a little bit of a fight. But the Those FCS fighters. teams, that's, that's Richmond, Richmond, bud. That's where I'm from. <laughs> that's Richmond. <laughs> Rhode Island was in our division, but no, Richmond is the Spiders. My mom went there. What is university? Um, the Rams, all right. Yeah, the Rhode Island Rams. <laughs> Roadie. Terrible. It's been a long week. There. Bear with me. I feel you. So yeah, you need you need close games. So the Colorado TCU game at twenty and a half is close compared to a lot of the games. A lot of the games teams are projected to score ten points. So we're going to try to avoid those teams right away, and we're going to go more towards that that Boise game. Really, is the only other game with a close spread. So I think you could see Taylor Green running and trying to keep them in the game against a bad uh, pass defense. And Michael Penix just leading the way. Yeah, I'm. I am very interested in that Washington Boise State game. I think it's another one of the really fun ones this weekend. Um, I think that the Chris Peterson Bowl. Are we allowed to call it? Was he at Washington long enough? You think, think to call to go there? I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. a, definitely a fair thing. I think Peterson was there long enough. I think so. Uh, but Penix is definitely one of those guys who's in the in the Jaden Daniels, in the Jordan Travis, in the Caleb Williams. Um, if you were putting four guys on a stage, maybe Heis, early Heisman's a Drake may uh, 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 light up a scoreboard, put up stats kind of guy, right? I think he's less mobile, which will hurt him. He's more of a chucker. 
he's a little bit mobile, but he's way less mobile after that knee injury he had at Indiana. Yeah. So I think you're you're looking. He's a little harder path for him. Uh, running back, you're going to some big dogs here. Oh, we're getting the big boys because they're cheap. <laughs> they're not too expensive. There's some guys that are that nobody's priced up enough for me. So I said we're good. We got to get some some heft in our lineup here. So Jonathan Brooks has taken over for Bijan Robinson at Texas. I was playing around with CJ Baxter, the true freshman running back, but I think he's going to be more Roshan to John Brooks's Bijan out the gate. That might switch later in the year, but fifty three hundred. He's a massive value for Jonathan Brooks. So I, I love that play. And Texas plays who? Rice. They play Rice. Rice. Okay. And Rice gives up 5.4 a carry. Okay. So I'll, I'll take that. It's the second best compared to Colorado. And they're 6.3 a carry last year, which was dead last in the nation. The other guy we're going for, Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. He was amazing. Blake Corum was out for the season towards the end of the year. That injury, I think they'll baby Corum a little bit. Corum was getting a lot more work last year, early in the year, because of they were trying to pump him for the Heisman. I think now they learned a little bit. They needed Corum in that playoff game. They go to the championship with Corum as a one-two punch with Edwards. So now they're going to baby him a little bit more. Edwards is a little more sturdy. 6,200 on him, I, I think playing East Carolina, it's yeah. going to be a bloodbath, and the why, why risk chucking it? Yeah, I think that's a good thought process. I, I, I like the idea of Michigan kind of learning from last year. This is a Harbaugh suspension uh, for the first three games here. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those let's just get out of here, let's get out of the stadium alive type situations for Michigan for the first couple of weeks. And that includes, I think, keeping the players healthy and just not getting too cute. So I can see them running a lot. Your receivers, I think you lead it off here with what I'm going to go with as one of my uh, all-name players for 2023. He's up there, but there is a guy that I saw the other day on a depth chart named Parker Titsworth, which was pretty pretty good one. <laughs> and he wears number 69, in case you were I saw wondering. that as an O-lineman? Yeah. Yep, O-lineman. Okay. Yep, love that guy. Uh, Ohio, I believe. Yeah. So Squirrel White for Tennessee, I was – I had if there's four wide receivers for Tennessee, any one of them could go off. I think Brew McCor is more of a tight end. Dante Thornton looked interesting, but we're going to land on Squirrel here. He's more Jalen Hyatt mold, and for the price tag on both sides, he's very cheap and very playable in a high powered offense. We just hope Joe Milton can find the target, and uh, <laughs> hopefully he can. I know he can chuck it, and Squirrel can't even. He can't. He can't outrun him even. We, uh, you, and I, you and I chased Tennessee receivers a lot last year, mm-hmm. and the answer ended up always being Hyatt, it felt like, even though it was like, maybe not this week. And I think the one week we went Hyatt, he just didn't play. They didn't say anything, he just didn't uh, play. I think I got burned because I kept hoping Cedric Tillman would come back. That and was they, would, they yes. would say he was going to play, then he didn't play, then he did play. Then they, Remember the one week he didn't play because it was too wet? Yeah, yeah, they were like, well, it rained right before the kickoff, so we decided to just sit him just because. College sports yeah. in a nutshell right there. Yeah, there was some concern earlier in the Wake Forest game that Jamal Banks didn't play on the first drive, and then he played the second drive. So we'll see. Uh, Second guy up, we're looking at Xavier Weaver, USF, former USF wide receiver, now Colorado. Like I mentioned, I think the starters are going to stay in that game for a long time. 
I think they're not taking out the starters. I think they want as many reps as they can get. Even if TCU pulls the dogs off, they're going to be chucking it. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to want to boost the numbers. And Weaver's going to be a main target, main focus in that. So then, I can see that. I see Dion kind of working to almost reputation save uh, all season long. Um, just get close. Just play your hearts out every game as much as you can. And just keep it close. So I, I, I could see the receivers there consistently having, like you mentioned, a Bortles-type fourth quarter. Here they go. So I think you're going to be somewhat shocked that I'm picking a Wisconsin wide receiver. Somewhat shocked feels one. like an understatement, but yes. There's there's a new regime. There's a new <laughs> new world we live in at this point. Wisconsin's this isn't our Wisconsin from five years ago or one year ago. They're going to chuck it. There is no Graham Mertz anymore. We've got Tanner Mordecai. They are going to hand it off to Braylon Allen and Chester. SMU Morris. great Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai, former Oklahoma and SMU quarterback, I believe. Shamiri DK played well last year with Graham Mertz. What's he going to do with Tanner Mordecai? who had Rasheed Rice putting up numbers. I got to think Luke Fickle is going to be able to move the ball some. Now, he brought Will Pauling with him. Both look good on paper. I'm leaning DK because he has that – he's just been there and he's had it produced. I think he's more of a deep threat. I think Pauling's more of an underneath small guy. I think DK can stretch the field in this one and – Fickle's going to want to put on a little show just to show that he's not the same offense as previous years. Okay, and you're not so you're not scared of a, of a Buffalo matchup because you think Fickle's looking to announce himself. Oh yes, oh yes, he's going to have to make a statement. Buffalo, Buffalo had a bad rush defense last year. Their pass defense was worse. So I'm hoping and thinking that we'll get at least a couple passing touchdowns in this one before the dogs get pulled. Also, you know, I mean, it is a game one. Maybe it's a, a rep situation. Just get out there, get some reps. Let's practice the timing. Let's get that kind of thing going. Um, all right, so in case you missed it, talked about it. this is Saturday's main slate on DraftKings. QB, Chandler Morris, TCU, 6,900. Michael Penix, Washington, 8,400. Taylor Green, Boise State, 6,800. At running back, Jonathan Brooks from Texas, 5,300. Donovan Edwards, Michigan, 6,200. Wide receiver, Squirrel White from Tennessee, 5,500. Shamir DK, Wisconsin, 5,400, and Xavier Weaver, Colorado, 5,600. So that brings us to Sunday. The only game that I still want to actually really talk about this weekend that we haven't is this LSU-FSU game. Um, I've made my pick on this one on, I think, four different platforms at this point in the week. Uh, This podcast, another podcast, uh, the article for this thing, the weekly podcast, um, I think this one is one of the best games of the weekend. I think it is the best game of the weekend. I think it's one of the best games of the year. It is a potential playoff matchup. I think if this was a 12-team playoff year, I think we're looking at two playoff teams playing to, on Sunday. Um, I think this game ends up with a one- or two-point kind of finish. In that case, I'm taking the two points with Florida State. Um, I've told you before, I went to LSU. I'm going with LSU to win the game, but that is just me being a homer. Um, personally, I think there's more paths to Florida State blowing out LSU than there are to LSU blowing out Florida State. But I'm a homer. What do you think? You're you're agnostic in this one. 
it's all going to come down to quarterback play. I'm not as up to date on FSU offensive line play. I know LSU has a very experienced offensive line, maybe one of the most experienced in the nation. That's a big deal. I think Florida State has better running backs by far. Yep. They have wide receivers are close on both sides with Coleman coming in. I think Coleman could surprise LSU by far has worse defensive backs. The secondary is worse. The front um, is going to come down to some playmakers. Perkins could make a big, what Harold Perkins, he could make a big Harold difference. Perkins, yep. Yeah. He could make a big difference. Uh, he uh, takes one play and you've got seven going the other way right there. Mason Smith missing for some antiquated rules that because he signed some autographs two weeks before it was legal. That's a bit interesting, but sure. And NCAA is getting a little ragdolled right now, but it is rightfully it is. so. Yeah. As Walker was a big one. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say on that perch, but yeah, Mason Smith missing is a big, big deal. And, but quarterback play is Jaden Daniels going to revert back to the guy that I used to play in DFS every week as a tournament play. And he either gets you 40 or he gets you 10. And we saw that with Arkansas on the road last year. He can bad Jaden Daniels was still in there. I tried to fade him for a lot of the year. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't believe in this guy, but he looked better than he, than we thought. But Travis versus Daniels is the, matchup yeah the one the matchup that i have circled with and and obviously i get the fun position of being the uh lsu group chat go-to for florida state stuff and the florida state group chat go-to for lsu stuff um the place the the line i have gone to over and over again i think this game is one between the lsu defensive line and the Florida State offensive line. I believe LSU's offensive line and Florida State's defensive line will be going back and forth all night, throwing punches both ways. I think Verse and Lovett are two of probably the 10 best players their position. I think Verse is probably the one best player at his position. And I think Lovett's in that realm of top 10 as a D tackle. I think Makai Wingo might be in that same realm for LSU's defensive line. I could see this game going either way based on however the LSU D-line, FSU O-line goes. If FSU's O-line gets push, takes control of this front, the game is over as far as I'm concerned. If Florida State can run the ball effectively, I think it's finished at that point. If Florida State can't, I think this game gets to the point where I can see LSU start to have leads and build leads. I still think Florida State's passing against LSU's secondary allows them to never really get put away. Who's the third wide receiver going to be? I know it don't say Ja'Kai Douglas because you can't sell me on that <laughs> one this week. So uh, personally where I'm going to, and, and we can kind of get the lineups here and kind of both of that conversation I think it's going to be a mix. Um, to me, I like Poitier. Um, personally. Poitier? Poitier wasn't even the, the slot wide receiver. The, the, the I, think Ke- I think Keon's going to play a lot in the slot. Because I was I was hoping you were going with Hill or Wright. Uh, I, 
I I think okay, I guess the question here is different. I don't believe Florida State's putting three receivers on the field very often. Oh um that's just my personal guess for this game in particular, because of the defensive lines here. Um, I could see trying to put a third one out there to force LSU into a extra DB, but I think LSU's base sets a three three five under house. You're, they like to go nickel me, more often. So you're making me think, though, that the screen game with Toa Feely might be a big part of this game. I could buy that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think if Florida State has success in any game, and it's been the recipe under Norvell, it's running the ball. Um, and that's what they're going to want to do first and foremost. I don't think they're scared of an LSU defensive line because, quite frankly, that's what Florida State is. I mean, just la- I mean, you saw I bring it up. I feel like every time I do a podcast, but they ran counter like seventy times in a row against Miami because it worked. I don't care what happens to it. We want to run the damn ball, and if that's what works, it works. That was Miami, to be fair. Well, correct, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I don't see them taking the approach of well. Let's make sure we get a couple. Let's keep the. It's like, look, man, if I can line up and get seven, we're going to line up and get seven. If we yeah. can get three, we can get four. That's fine. As long as we're, we're pushing forward and keep staying on the downs, you know, staying ahead of the sticks. That's that's the main goal. It's yeah. it's great if you hit a big one. Sure. I think they're going to want to be like, Trey, you're that dude. Let's go win this game. Let's lean yeah. on you and let's use that to win in the middle. That's where they ate up LSU last year was. They didn't even have that much success running the ball, but just in the play action, they were able to leak guys up the seams and just over the linebackers over and over again. That's possible. I just wonder who that who that I, that sounds like a Coleman role to me. That's that's why I keep going to Coleman. And when you like when you ask, I I'm imagining that third guy is rotating as almost more an outside receiver, um, and and letting Coleman kind of work more inside. So I you're just, thinking twenty? Are they going to be in twenty-two? Like two two backs all the time? Like two backs? No, two wide I outs think they'll go. I end? think they're more likely to go two tight ends if you count Bell Ooh. as a tight end. Um, now, oh, that's another question: Is Bell going to be used at all as a running back like he was at South Carolina? I, I'm interested in that. I'm curious how much they use Bell in different ways. Um, I had heard. And I'm not well connected. So for those of you who, who are going to sit around here and act like I've got some kind of inside scoop on this, I, I really don't. I had heard through a couple of grapevines of friends uh, that that Bell had bumps and bruises here and there recently. But he's been a star at practice from what I understand this week. So I'm not expecting him limited much at all. I'm really surprised by his DraftKings number, to be honest. Um, if you want to look at lines and, and numbers and, 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 a, and a DFS lineup, dude's 2,700. Yeah, he looked cheap. That's why. That's why I asked because I was like, okay, what? But if you game log watch, and which a lot of people will, and that means you go open their DraftKings profile and you look at the game logs, he's got really good game logs. But it's all rushing because he was getting seventeen carries at South Carolina at times. So a lot of it's based around that. Really, if you go back, there was one game. There might not even be a game where he had a receiving day that carried his total. It was all rushing carried. But why? Well, like, okay, so let's say they line up in a in a twenty two set, and they are, are a running back, two receivers, and two tight ends, right? And and Bell is that second tight end, maybe an outside. They do a little play action up the middle to Benson, and mm-hmm. Bell just like is a fake pulling guard essentially, just comes across the line, 
and you just drop it to him. It's not a carry, but it's yeah. not much different. It's a it's a quick little dump off and let him just take it to the outside going the other way. It's possible, but I don't, I mean, I don't see why he couldn't get something. That's not something that three LSU, of those. That's something though that LSU should be pretty good at because they're more side to side. I would think so, yeah. But I think if the, if they're if if FSU finds success running the football, I can see Bell having all the space in the world on the outside like that. If like they feel idea, the need, though. if they feel the need that Mason Smith, with him out and the other D tackles that they transferred in, if those guys don't prove up to be worth it, um, personally, I I like Jaheim Bell as as someone to have a game here. Like I said, I see more paths to Florida State blowing this game out than I do LSU. Um, but again, I got I got a degree uh, that says LSU on it, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you. It probably says Louisiana State University, but beyond the point. Um, so yeah, that's where I fall. I fall on Florida State plus the points because I feel like even in an LSU win, I don't see it being a big blowout. I'll just take the two and a half points and go from there. Outside of that, I mean, I think it's going to be a fantastic football game. I think if these two teams meet later in the year and Mason Smith is playing and um, FSU's really found the Keon Coleman role and the Jaheim Bell role, this game might be even better. I just, I'm curious what they show up like week one, but I can tell you it won't be as garbage as last year's was. No, I mean, we hope. (laughs) It can't be. It just simply can't be. I mean, last year had two, two blocked field goals. Uh, A field goal came like six yards short from like a 40 yard attempt. We had, I think, three muffed punts, a fumble at the goal line. Like, it was just bad. And, and that's fine. It's week one of two teams who were just trying to figure it out, and they did. Um, and Daniels I just don't was see new. Daniels was terrified to throw the ball, just stood yeah. there with it the whole game. And that's your point. Is Daniels that guy? Does he does he play like that guy, or does he play like the guy who played for the last, like, seven weeks of the season? The guy who played against Alabama could beat just about anybody. The dude who played against uh, – uh, Alabama and then but then the dude who played against Arkansas was awful <laughs> he was, he was awful so I mean I don't I he looked great in a lot of games and he looked real bad in a lot of games but everything I hear out of Baton Rouge is he's he is improved again and looks phenomenal and it sounds like what I heard last year about Jordan Travis when's um, the last time you ever heard any negativity come out of Baton Rouge before a season when have I ever heard? Well, I mean, the, the two years ago, the LSU team had a UCLA. I'd heard they were they were uh, what was the word small was the word that I was told before they went to UCLA. That's fair. Usually, um, usually it takes like one game, and they if they lose, then fire everybody. Fire and everybody. everybody, and tra- everybody needs to transfer. Go to the portal. Yeah. So those are our thought. My general thoughts on the game itself. I, I want to look at lineups here, um, and I wish I had pulled up my lineup on a separate tab. So let me do that now. Um, I made two earlier and I, I didn't notice again, apologies. I'm, I'm a little sluggish on, on everything going right now. I didn't notice Jaheim Bell as absurdly cheap as he is. Um, so I have two lineups. One, I think that's, that's Florida state kind of focused, right? I have Trey Benson as a captain, Daniels and Travis, both in it, Coleman Diggs, And I grabbed Fitzgerald, the Florida state kicker. Um, Florida State had trouble in the red zone last year. Um, I think this way I get Florida State runs the ball well. Coleman gets a handful of catches and moves the chains a decent amount. And Travis just being the star, I feel like I got both LSU, basically the whole offense. I think I'm curious where the LSU running game comes from in this one. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's Diggs. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Joss Williams. I don't think it's Noah Kane. I think he's only getting run because they're both injured in practice. Um, Diggs was cheaper, so I went there. Um, and I just flipped Fitzgerald in there as a cheap option. Uh, the second one I put together with a captain of Brian Thomas Jr., who is a giant. Um, watched him in ba- play basketball in high school, covering him in Baton Rouge. He is huge, and I could see a couple of deep shots there cashing in. Um, he had a couple of games here and there. This is an LSU one. It's Thomas as the captain with neighbors, Lacey from LSU's receiving core, to go with Travis Coleman and Toa Feely. So to me, this one is an LSU find success throwing the rock. I basically got all three receivers. I don't have a Jaden Daniels in it, which seems interesting. But I do have Travis Coleman and Toa Feely, which feels to me like basically the FSU passing attack. Um, I kind of made this point earlier this weekend uh, talking about this game. Johnny Wilson concerns me a little bit this year as a lead guy, just because he's kind of boomer bust. I, I I don't know if the route tree is as sophisticated as you would need from a consistent option. I don't mind playing him in DFS. Uh, I just feel like Coleman's going to be the guy and he's just so much cheaper this week. I, I'd rather go there. Do you think you need a route tree when you're built like a tree? No, I don't think, I mean, no, probably not. But I mean, I think on the boom bus scale, I mean, if you look at his slate from last year, you look at his game logs, it's, it's, it's up and down. I mean, it's, I I just don't want to put a guy in there who's going to give me like one for yeah. 40. And even if one for 40 is, and he doesn't score, I, I might, I, I might be better off just having the kicker. So the important thing is, is when, and I'll explain what showdown is, you only have one. To the two teams in it, it's one game, and you have a captain who gets 1.5 times the points, and then you have your flex plays. Uh, the most important thing you're trying to do is, is build a narrative. You're trying to say, how does this game play out? So, for instance, I would tell you that uh, having two LSU wide receivers, especially one that's in your captain spot, you have to have Daniels. There's just no narrative you can build that does not include Daniels. Even if you took out Travis and put Daniels in, in that instance, that would be a better play. $800 cheaper. Correct. So that would be a better play is to put him in because you need that wide receiver to be the highest scoring player in that game. And in order to be that highest scoring player, barring unless you're hoping that Daniels does decides he he ate bad food and he has food poisoning <laughs> and he's out for the game and then Nussmeyer shows up in the middle of the second quarter and then stuff goes right that's the that's your out right there right but Daniels you're going to need to perform in that instance so uh, you need to try to build a narrative now we we know this is a close game so I think you can go either way but typical build on a very close game back and forth game I I like the lean three three. Uh, as a split of player wise, I think you can go either way. You could go four two either way, but I this is not a five uh, one onslaught game, not at all. So I threw something together after we talked about it, and I think you might actually like this. I put Toa Feely at my captain because it's PPR website. I like and, that, and I put Coleman in as a flex, and I put Travis in. So that way, I should be getting a lot of passes out of Coleman. And uh, Toa Feely from Travis, so they correlate to each other. Important to have co- correlation. Although, like you said, Jaheim Bell could be an interesting play in this sense. Um, maybe I mean, he's that free. Would be like I mean, he, they're they're just they're giving him away. They I mean, are trying to give him away. And at twenty seven hundred, he's behind two players for LSU who are out. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. 
they're not even so, going to play. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. So I wrapped those three with Daniels, Diggs, and Brian Thomas. Oh, actually, my apologies. He's 2,700 as a captain. He's 1,800 as a regular. Oh, that's player. even better. Oh, I mean, he's, even he's, he's completely free. So I put, I've, I've got Diggs, Daniels, and Thomas with them. What can we do if we if we do go with Jaheim Bell as as let's say you put him as captain? Okay, let what me build that build? lineup. So let's start. We'll start with Jaheim Bell as captain. So quick again from start from the beginning. You start with fifty k. Everyone has a salary cap. You got to just stay underneath the fifty k. Um, so he's only eighteen hundred as a captain. He's twenty seven hundred. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at utility. Yeah, twenty seven hundred. Twenty seven hundred. Okay, so that leaves us with still forty seven thousand three hundred. Um, you can easily get both quarterbacks in that. Yeah, you can get both quarterbacks. You can get neighbors and uh, Keon Coleman. Okay, so both quarterbacks. That's Travis at eleven thousand. Daniels at eleven thousand eight hundred. Neighbors and Keon Coleman, who we believe are wide receiver one for both teams. And that gets you Brian Thomas as well. So basically, you get you. You're hoping this game's a pass game and not a run game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can even. Yeah, I mean, because op- the only options you don't have in this lineup are Garrett Nussmeyer and Tate Rodemaker, who you're not going to start anyway. I mean, unless, no. like you said, unless you're you're the guy who's going to send him the uh, Michael Jordan flu pizza or something. I mean, there's no way you're playing him. You have the whole game to your options. If you want Johnny Wilson, you can have it. If you want Brian Thomas, you can have it. If you want Trey Benson, you can have it. I mean, the the, the whole yeah, table's available for you. Um, Let's see. Daniels, Neighbors... Yeah, you can go Wilson if you really want to boom it, but I feel like you want to, in that situation, I don't think there's enough ball to go around Bell, Coleman, and Wilson for how much they run it. I think I'm going to go with Benson. What if I do Benson instead of Coleman? You could. But that doesn't do anything for me. I'm still sitting in the same spot. I'm not going to put Johnny Wilson in there. Well, I mean, the question is, is who do you want to captain? You know, so do you want a captain Coleman or do you want a captain like yeah, let's do piece? that? Let's put Coleman as captain. So that's what I have up right now is Coleman, Bell, Daniels, Travis. And then that leaves you with seventy five hundred a player, basically. So that could get you Benson and something, but it doesn't get you to Thomas. So you've got like Benson Lacey. Well, I, what do we think about this one? I like this one. So you can go Coleman captain. Travis and Daniels, neighbors. If you mm-hmm. go Bell, that leaves a Josh Williams on the table for you. Yeah. What if you did I this? Think... What if you take what if you take out neighbors? I would go Toa Feely right there. You take out neighbors. Let's say you go Toa Feely. Doesn't do anything for you. The whole slate's wide open. You can still just go neighbors. Oh yeah, at that point you can go neighbors and you can go anywhere. So it's interesting. It's it's one of those things where yeah, Bell, Bell's a massive value, but what kind of what are you getting from it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think so, I if mean, you're going Bell, you really want to. You might even if you go Bell, you could probably captain a quarterback at that point. Is so that like because you, he's so underplayed? Because he's so underpriced. So yeah. like you could you could get Travis as your quarterback. And I mean, as your captain, okay, and then go Bell Toa Feely, right? So you're going secondary options at that point. So that gives Travis you Bell Toa Feely. 
You can still go neighbors, Daniels, and basically have your pick of receivers. You could take out neighbors. I could take out neighbors and go with Coleman. And that leaves me still when I can go Brian Thomas. And that leaves me $100. That's a pretty pretty solid lineup right So there. I've got Travis. So narrative building, like you mentioned, I think I said it before. I, I think there's a better path to Florida State dominating this game through the air than any of the other possible possibilities on the table. You know, I mean, you're, you're looking at the outcomes here. It's it's Florida State dominates one way or the other. LSU dominates. I don't think that's a path in this game. And a close game. I think that Florida State passing the ball is the most li- passing the ball through this game is the most likely. So if you go with that, you have Travis as your captain. You get your point in time and a half there for points. You have Coleman, his top receiver. Toa Feely, who's a, a fine catcher, uh, receiver. I'm sure he'll get some runs here, some carries, a, a decent amount in this game. And Jaheim Bell. And then you still have Daniels and Thomas to go with that to, to round it out. And you're $100 under. Yeah, that's that's that, a strong that lineup. Might be, that might be the best one we've, we've thought of. Assign this lineup. Yeah, I really like that one. I'm curious if... Because Bell allows you so many things. I'm going to assign that real quick and come right back around and 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 then lay one more into this this thing and just play around with it to see how it works out. Because I'm curious if you were to change up the quarterback, could you just do – do you think there's any value in doing a Bell in a lineup where it's all LSU and he's your, your Florida State guy? I wouldn't onslaught it. I, like I said, I think it's too close of a game. You're limiting your upside. But would you would you do Daniel's quarterback captain and maybe do four two that way? Um, like, do you, you think could. there's enough salary savings in in that to then allow you to do that the other way? In order to do it, you'd have to go digs with both, both but at both LSU wide receivers are expensive. Yeah. So I think it, it I think it prohibits you. Like the value isn't I mean, I guess you would end up with Toa Feely. My guess would be is you end up with Daniels with Thomas Neighbors Diggs and then Bell Toa Feely. That would be my guess. But if that doesn't work, then I think you're too it's too rich. I think so. So you're Which looking at sixty five hundred a position. Let's. What if I take a shot with? Now, see, the only path here is you have to take. Here's one other name I like this week, and 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 it's totally off the wall, and it's probably a one play type play. It's Aaron Anderson. Um, he's gonna punt return, kick return for LSU, and the rumors uh, out of LSU's camp as they like him as a gadget player. Um, he may get a handful of snaps, but stuff like bubble screens and just kind of deep shot type stuff because he is very shifty he's a kick return specialist out of high school he had like something like ridiculous like 18 kickoff and punt returns for touchdowns um he's a little guy shifty uh, i i 5400 to me compared to gene bell just isn't worth it but i mean if i wanted to run him out there and just say let's see what happens here i'm up to seven grand a position i can go coleman and then i'm at 7100 i don't know what to do with that though yeah that's that's the thing well, that's yeah, that's the main our question, right? Right. Well, I can go Toa Feely. Point. I can go Toa Feely neighbors. So it's Daniels, Daniels, Anderson neighbors, and Bell, Travis, Toa Feely. But I, again, I don't think I'm getting anything there. I would rather go Diggs than Anderson. 
yeah, at that price point, it just seems like too much of a dart throw. And like you said, you save 800 if you just go to down to digs. Yeah, and he's going to get get the ball a lot more. Yeah. And then you can walk up if you wanted to take neighbors up to a a Johnny well, Johnny Wilson's down, I guess. Go take hey, strategy play, go play one of the backup quarterbacks. Yeah, just really throw a dart at the wall. Um yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities here on this game. I think it's one of those fun could go a couple different ways kind of games, but I, I do like that one we built before. I think the Florida State dominate category is a little more open to be played. Um, but the hard part, like you mentioned, is picking that third receiver for Florida State. Maybe that is Jaheim Bell, and then and because of the the salary floor, it's wide open. Yeah, I think you can go four two. I'd feel comfortable with a four two Florida State more than I would a four two LSU. Yeah, I see that, and and I think the. The lineups I have are all either 3-3 or 4-2. It's funny that we haven't put Benson hardly at all in anything. I have him as a captain in my one. Okay. Yeah, but to that point, it's just he's he also feels undersalaried. But I think that yeah, I think it goes back to where I was before with do you take him at this undersalaried number when if that doesn't go that I mean, because the the obvious advantage for Florida State is I think throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Toa Feely is just that thorn in the side. You know he's going to break something off. I mean, I would be shocked if Toa Feely didn't have something north of a thirty-yard play. I you you have to imagine it's a screen or or it's something. Uh, one thing I'm also interested in: we saw a year ago Florida State did pull out a couple of tricks. Um, there also was the the issue of the goal line carries that a couple of went to DJ Lundy made a couple of rushing touchdowns. That's a linebacker. Uh, so I don't know what that looks like. It was a couple of cute little plays near the goal line that worked there. And then, like you said, I mean, they did the, was it the double reverse leaf flicker pass or whatever last year? You know, I don't, I don't know if Norvell kind of plays off of that this season. Maybe there's one of those, but you can't guess that, you know, Lundy, Lundy's been replaced. Jaheim Bell's in the building. That's right. They went and got another guy playing out of position. Who's going to get the running back carries the goal line now. Is he out of position though? He played running back maybe more <laughs> than tight end last year. On this roster, he's a tight end as far as they're concerned at this point. Preseason-wise, it's tight end. But, yeah, we might see as the season goes along. He's going to um, go all Blake Belldozer. Yeah, I, I I think this is a fun one. Regardless of how it plays out, it's, a, it's a I think, a college football week one dream as a standalone game. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully it plays out that way. If you are just generally curious at the at – the, uh, Picks article I mentioned before, TomahawkNation.com. That's going to go live the same time as his podcast. You might have even found that in the same article. Go ahead and throw your picks in the comments. We can uh, you can play along. It's not it's not really you don't get a prize, but it's fun. Um, and then otherwise, this podcast back next week on Friday. We'll again talk about how we how we did, and how we went, and then what's kind of looking on the slate. We'll get back to a more general, more realistic kind of Saturday build. We'll have real games all in one slate as opposed to, or not all in one slate, but uh, better games in one slate, a lot fewer FCS versus FCS or FCS versus FBS games, a lot fewer um, Sunday showdowns and Monday things. And we can do more of the Florida State mixed in as opposed to kind of a standalone game, but um, should be a fun weekend. Is there anything else that catches your eye? No, I'm, I'm just disappointed. Western Kentucky, South Florida wasn't on the slate. That That's it. 
that that uh, we first started this podcast talking beforehand, and you were like, you know, got to figure out who's getting the Russian carries for Rutgers this week for this FSU slate. I was like, let's just talk about it as a showdown game. Yeah, it's. It, I'm still gonna play that. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's okay, just for podcast purposes. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. We'll be back next week on Friday. Till then, take care, y'all.